Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Dirt Radio would like to acknowledge that we come live today on unceded Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nation and would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. Today we have uh, Freya in. I think Freya you were on a couple of months ago doing a gas roadmap show. That's right. Yeah, Freya is a part of uh, No More Gas at Friends of the Earth and today Freya has come to talk about... um, Talking about the Community Gas Retirement Roadmap and the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap, um, so I suppose for listeners, maybe, and myself, could you sort of define both of them and then maybe talk about the key differences between the two? Yep, no worries at all. So the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap was a document that the Victorian government put together through a series of consultations. They released that in July this year, and um, or just at the end of June, I think, and uh, it was um, an exciting document. It plans, it acknowledges that gas is a fossil fuel. Um, it acknowledges that Victoria uses way too much gas and needs to do something about that. And it put in place a series of steps that the government intends to take. It's basically their gas policy going into the election mm. um, and um, a process by which Victoria can start to decarbonise gas. Unfortunately, it doesn't go nearly far enough. It doesn't acknowledge the state of climate emergency that we're in to the extent that we need, you know, right now. I mean, look at the flooding at the moment. We've got one of the presenters unable to come in this morning because she's held off by flood water. Um, so, so it doesn't it doesn't go nearly far enough, and it doesn't do it quickly enough. And so, uh, at Friends of the Earth, we've decided to develop our own uh, response to the Victorian Gas Substitution Roadmap, and that's the Community Gas Retirement Roadmap. So, what we're planning to do is um, put out a process by which Victoria can actually just remove gas from the energy matrix. Yeah. Okay. Um- and I suppose just touching on what you're saying about gas, there was I read this morning that Australia are the largest producer of liquid gas. Yes, and often that's been said. The economic benefits of being a large producer of any fossil fuel, but there are no actual trickle down effects to anybody else because the cost of living is going up, our energy prices are going up. That's so, right. kind of what's what's going on there? What? How can they still sell it to us? It's like. Um, peeing on your back and telling you it's raining type of thing like we're doing a good thing but there's no actual benefits to the people is that um something that the roadmap i guess looks at like with the cause and effect to people people who are actually um in the community accessing these fossil fuels and the impacts that it has to them yeah it does and so what we do in our roadmap document is we unpack the entire life cycle of gas in victoria uh we don't go into um 
great detail about gas production in the rest of Australia. So we don't go into um, the fracking lands of Queensland. Uh, we don't go into the Narrabri project in New South Wales. And all of these projects are on foot, you know, and onshore drilling is incredibly damaging to the environment, you know, before it even starts impacting the climate directly. Um, but we do look at how gas is produced in Victoria, how it's transported, how it's um, processed, you know, and then where it ends up, the pipelines that it travels through, who owns those pipelines. And so we're really just taking a snapshot of how gas is, you know, um, produced and used in Victoria. And then we move on to a series of recommendations to help Victoria get off gas as quickly as possible. And it's important that we do that because we are the heaviest domestic gas users in Australia. Mm. Um, we use, you know, 37% of the domestic gas that's used in Australia is used in Victoria. Okay. So it's, it's critically urgent that Victoria get off gas and show our export partners, our export countries, that you don't need gas. If we don't need to use it here, you know, one of the heaviest gas-using places in the world, and certainly in Australia, the heaviest, yeah. um, then we can demonstrate to the world that you just don't need this damaging, polluting and expensive fossil fuel. Yeah, lead by example, I guess. Yes. Um, so what were the key findings and the key recommendations that you had from your roadmap research? So the key findings are that it's, it's stuff that we already know. You know, it's that um, 70% of Victoria's gas goes on heating buildings. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the easiest places that we can start to decarbonise and, and remove gas from our energy economy. Uh, so, so, you know, the news is quite good. I mean, we can actually do it and we must do it. The recommendations are... Um, well, I mean, you know, right today, no more um, gas infrastructure, no more gas exploration, no more gas production. Just, you know, stop it right now. Close that door. Yeah. Um, we also need to uh, immediately, we need the government to move to refuse any new gas connections. That's it. No more. And, um, and we need to make sure that we have a plan in place to help retire the gas network. We need to set an end date for our gas main system and we need to do that by 2035 at the absolute latest. So we need an orderly and equitable transition plan to shut down the gas mains. And, I mean, you know, we can talk about this, but last night I was walking down Sydney Road and there was works going on. What they're doing is um, upgrading the gas mains. Yeah. So I'm just watching... These, I'm watching these people burning money in the street, essentially. Yeah. You know, it's like they're, they're digging a hole to fill it in again, only they're doing it with a gold shovel, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's incredibly frustrating that we're still putting a single dollar into this outdated energy system that we really know that we need to get off and the Victorian government acknowledges that we need to get off and yet they're not really taking the pragmatic steps. I mean, there's still... Um, if your gas appliance dies today... They've got a subsidised system where um, you can receive um, money towards replacing your old outdated gas appliances, but you're upgrading them with new, more efficient gas appliances. Gas appliances it's yeah. ridiculous, you know, and that needs to stop today too. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Like that. I mean, it's a good point that you make about the Sydney Road thing is that when these things are coming to the end of their life cycle is a good time to... Make Absolutely. the transition because then it's not you're not actually wasting money 
going through it. Absolutely. And that's why we're talking about a plan. So we really need the government to sit down with the three um, foreign-owned companies (laughs) own (laughs) our gas main system and look at the state of all of those pipes and to plan how to retire those pipes at the end of their life instead of upgrading them. We also need the government to look at the extent of the gas mains network. So all of the people who are right at the ends of the gas mains network, they're often the people who can least afford a transition. So we need the government to help these households improve their thermal efficiency so that they don't need to use as much energy as they currently use. Um, Poorer households are often the ones with the least um, efficient thermal envelope. And, uh, And... So, you know, some real material assistance to help these households rapidly transition off gas so that they can shut down the extent of the network. Because one of the things that we're seeing, and I've been doing a number of talks, you know, around Melbourne, and I always ask people to put up their hands if they're on gas and then put up their hands if they're moving to get off gas. And as I've been doing it, the number of hands that go up for their getting off gas is increasing all the time, but it's often inner urban areas that can afford yeah. to do that. Well, that's that's going to punch a hole in the centre of the gas transmission network, and it means that the poorer people who live in the outskirts and in the outer suburbs are going to be left paying a service charge for the whole transmission network, yeah. and it's just inequitable. So that's something that we really need the government to acknowledge and tackle in pragmatic and urgent terms. Yeah, and I mean, we... Doing this dirt radio, we get a lot of different Friends of the Earth collectives come in and discuss this, and that seems to be quite a resounding theme, is that the inner city area does the transition, Mm. and then people who live on the outskirts that maybe don't have the luxury to be able to afford to make that transition, even though ethically they stand by it, they are left behind in a way, you know, and it's very important that we consider that when doing anything like this. Absolutely. I mean... You know, there's a lot of talk about cost of living, you know, going into the state election. And and fair enough, everyone's doing it really tough. You know, um, fossil fuel prices, whether it's petrol or whether it's electricity or whether it's gas, have just been skyrocketing. The, the um, bill price of gas or the wholesale price of gas on the East Coast has more than doubled over the last 12 months. So people just can't afford to heat their houses. They can't afford to use these fossil fuels anymore. And um, and the importance of a just transition is tantamount to um, a healthy, you know, economic community. Yeah. But it's also tantamount to a healthy climate result as well. You know, it's really important. And let's not forget the workers who rely on gas, whether they are directly themselves working in production of gas or whether they are... Um, you know, in a maintenance role, whether they're gas fitters, we're talking about plumbers, and all of these people and the households that depend on their income and the communities that depend on their income really need that security to know that there's going to be jobs for all of these gas workers to go to. And we need to start planning that now. We know that when a decision is taken to, to close a fossil fuel project, that... Um, the workers are often an afterthought and can be left behind. So we need to make sure that we have steps in place to help these workers reskill 
into other trades that are going to stand them in good stead in the long run. And I'm looking at you, renewables, because renewables are just surging yeah. around Australia right now. We've got the fastest uptake of renewables in the world right now. Yeah, and you know, looking after those workers is how we get more people on board and less butting heads. Absolutely. I think we'll um, just take a quick break and then we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes. Across Australia and around the world, we've seen reactionary right-wing mobilisations around anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown and anti-public health demands. In response to this, the campaign against racism and fascism have launched the campaign Pro-Vax, Pro-Union, Anti-Fascist to combat the far right and to fight for public health, safety and social solidarity. Go to www.calf.melbourne to join the fight for the safety of workers in the community and against the far right. A 3CR supporter. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Jack, Freya and Sam Castro, who has managed to make it all over the Darabin Creek. <laughs> Hello. Guess what? The Darabin Creek is flooded near Bundura uh, Shopping Centre. So if you're around that area, here's my weather watch. Yeah, Dirt Radio weather watch. We've got the helicopter <laughs> in alert, the sky. Traffic alert. <laughs> Plenty road around Parade College is a disaster zone. <laughs> Not as bad as Maribyrnong, though. No, no. I hit that on Friday. It's all good fun. I mean, it seems almost pointless to say it because I was just, what, an hour longer to get home and there's people that mm. are actually experiencing floods. Race courses being blocked to protect the race. <laughs> yes. I mean, anyway, different. That's a whole other issue. We might do a show about that on yeah. uh, the actual day of on the Melbourne Cup. On the day of the Melbourne Cup, yeah. Oh, wait. I'm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Freya, we'll go back to the discussion about the gas roadmap. Yes. Um, and I suppose you've discussed your suggestions. What or how is the government reacting to these or how what steps are they taking? And is it sufficient, in your opinion? Well, they're, so they are taking some steps, you know, and um, they've, uh, in the roadmap, they've decided that uh, they're going to discontinue the subsidisation of gas appliances, but not until the end of next year. Uh, they've, they're no longer requiring um, new developments to be uh, uh, tied up to gas, so hooked up to gas. And 
and and so you know there there are some steps in the right direction, but they're baby steps, and it's it's you know too little and it's too late. Um, we are seeing there's a lot of argy bargy in governments, like at the federal level. Madeline King is absolutely. Um, the biggest gas fangirl, and it's incredibly frustrating to see the Federal Resources Minister singing the praises of the gas industry and basically singing from the Appiah song sheet when it comes to gas. Uh, but my understanding is that there is quite a robust discussion happening within the Federal ALP right now around whether or not they should be continuing with any kind of gas exploration or production. Um, at the same time... Um, the Queensland government has made a fantastic announcement about, you know, building renewable energy zones, about starting to transition the state off fossil fuels for the state's own use. But they still have the Adani coal mine. Yeah. They still have fracking happening. The Channel Country is very much under threat, and that's one of the food bowls of Australia, yeah. very much under threat from fracking. Uh, that fracking is even on the table in this day and age is absolutely mind-blowing. Mm. And we have at the same time seen that um, the gas industry itself is in complete turmoil. I mean, gas is by its own nature volatile, but also economically incredibly volatile. Um, when Origin decided that they were going to um, step out of the Beedaloo Basin and no longer pursue fracking in the Beedaloo Basin... And so there's 20 to 40 um, test wells that they were going to drill that they're not going to be doing. But the licence to do that exploration has now gone to Tamboran's Sweet Pea project. And you would imagine that with the price of gas being so high, that overnight their share price would have rocketed. Well, in 24 hours, in the 24 hours after they made the announcement that they were going to be buying these exploration licences, their share price actually fell from 21 cents to 20 cents yeah. per share. So it's, it's no longer the economically viable prospect it once was. Do you, do you think that's because they know there'll be resistance to it? Is it the endless resistance of communities that made the price go down? They're like, well, oh, you're holding the licences that will now be protested or is it just a global... I, yeah, I, th I think, a, you know, a little bit of all of the columns, you know, mm. and um, I'd like to think that it was activists that yeah, were, you know, <laughs> but I actually think that it's as much as anything, um, the, the wake up call of the um, International Energy Agency mm. saying last year that we can't afford to drill a single new gas well, we can't afford to open up a single new fossil fuel project. And increasingly, companies are... Um, putting sustainability at the forefront of their um, policies and their portfolio objectives, and 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 it's it's starting to really filter through to the community. I mean, yes, activists are at the base of this because it is activists and also scientists that have raised the um, the issue of climate change and have made everybody aware of it. And so people are starting to prefer businesses that don't invest in fossil fuels. We're seeing people walking away from banks thanks to the amazing work of market forces, you know, walking away from banks that do invest in fossil fuels. And also banks walking away from fossil fuel projects, which... That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not fast enough. No, <laughs> but it was unheard of even 15 years ago. They'd just be like, shut yeah. up, we're doing this. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, perhaps 15 years ago, if they'd stopped being shut up, we're just doing this, we wouldn't mm. be in the state that we're in now. But here we are. Um, the best time to do this was 15, 20 years ago, and the next best time to do it is now, you mm. know. So um, I, it, 
I'm looking forward to sitting down with the Victorian government and taking the Community Gas Retirement Roadmap to um, the relevant ministers' offices and discussing our series of recommendations and seeing what we can get the government to commit to. Uh, mm. This is a pre-election document that we're going to be putting to all candidates and we're going to be asking them, will they support this? And then where the rubber really hits the road is in the next term of parliament. We're going to be taking it to all of the newly elected MPs as well as the returned MPs. And we're going to be asking them which of the recommendations they would be prepared to support in the parliament. And then we'll be pursuing those hard. And we'll be asking the community to get behind us to do that. Yeah, very nice. What would be your favourites, just as a off the top of your head? What would be all of them, obviously? But well, like, yeah, that's right. If you had to pick a few, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. They're What's all, your favourite baby? They're all my favourite babies. <laughs> um, she said diplomatically. But I think that the um, the most critical thing right now is to immediately refuse any new gas connections. No more money into gas projects. No more approvals for any gas projects, including the. Um, floating gas terminals mm. for Cryo Bay and Avalon. Um, and, and straight away we need a plan to retire the gas network. We need to start now because if we're going to do that by 2035, it's going to be a rapid transition. It needs to be done in a way that no one's left behind and no yeah. one's out of pocket. Yeah. yeah. It's funny when you say about the um, people being left behind and we discuss the roadmap to make sure that areas have the right ones, but as soon yeah. as the gas industry loses their money, they won't hesitate to pull the pin, you know. Well, that's exactly right. And we're seeing, you know, like, for instance, AGL is starting to migrate over to sustainable, um, over to renewable electricity projects. They recognise the writings on the wall and the, you know, the middle word in the business name is gas. So, yeah. I mean, if, if they're doing it, then it's obviously, they know it's on the nose. Uh, look, another thing, we're, we're talking about the problems, but, but one of the solutions we, you know, are really going to need to see an adoption of community-owned microgrids. Mm. That is, you know, we can't have centralised energy systems anymore. Mm. And uh, the, um, the the power substation going out in Castlemaine in the floods last week really demonstrated the problems with having a centralised energy system. Whereas if we've got um, community batteries, community-owned batteries on street corners that are providing a backup power supply for every house and every house that can have a solar panel does have solar panels, then straight away we have a much more nimble, agile system that is able to weather the storms that are not just coming but already here. So one of the things I heard about... Um an aged care facility of my sister-in-law's mum in Brisbane when the floods came, their solution was, well, we had all the the um, gas and electric systems in the basement, so we'll just move them to the roof. But my understanding is if it's flooding, then all those things are going to be gone anyway, right? So um, it, it's weird that they see that as a solution is to instead of changing the systems and the way, where we live and the places we live on, it's like, well, we'll just move this to higher ground. But actually once a flood comes through or a storm, then those things are gone anyway. Yeah. Um, where we could be, like you said, investing in community-owned, powered, renewable energy, microgrid stations that have a much better chance Absolutely. of operating in severe weather yeah. uh, and also not – 
knocking out an entire suburb's use of electricity or, or whatever, you know, power source they're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I am I was, like, listening to this and, and just thinking, does that mean that a heap of aged care people are going to get either electrocuted or gassed out <laughs> because the government's solution is j- just to say, no, it's fine, it's on the roof now? Uh, yeah, it's and it's that kind of thinking. Uh, Short term, yeah, weird band aid fixes. Yep. that do nothing for the future of any of those people living in that area, which is a floodplain. Yeah, and and it's it's amazing that governments are just continuing to slap band aids on, you know, mm. fossil fuel band aids onto a dying, outdated system that's just, you know, yeah. not really been functional ever. And I mean, we saw mm. when the Longford gas plant um, yes. exploded. Yes. At the end of last century. Yes. And all of Victoria was without gas for 10 days. Absolutely. I couldn't cremate my grandmother. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> terrible. She, she hated Jeff Kennett, so it was just like the worst possible end. <laughs> <laughs> the bitter irony of yeah, that. Yeah, I know. And, and that was a wake-up call. Yeah. I mean, that really was a wake-up call that gas is a dangerous yeah. fuel, that we can't continue to use it. It's mm. not as um, reliable as everybody has been touting it mm. to be. But also that if one facility goes down, the whole state goes down. Yeah. And, and, and do you think this is what it's about really in terms of reluctance to move quickly and plan long-term future like they did with fossil fuels mm-hmm. is they don't know how to control, maintain control and therefore profit over infrastructure systems if they're decentralised? Yeah, look, I don't know because the the logic just isn't there. You know, mm. if if I were a government, I'd be looking at how to own energy, yeah. how to make sure that um, we're in charge of energy because we're regulating it mm. and because if the energy system goes down, then, you know, everybody who's reliant on it goes down. So that's, that's industry, that's manufacturing, that's households, that's hospitals and schools, you know. Yeah. Uh, why they haven't woken up to... Uh, having an integrated, decentralised energy system mm. decades ago is is beyond me. So I really just don't understand the logic. I, you know, I would, I would like to know myself the answer to that question because how can they just keep getting it so wrong for so long? Yeah, know? greed. I suppose as a final question, how can we get involved? And also, when are you taking the roadmap out and how can people keep up to date with what you're doing and rally behind you when you go and take them to these MPs that get in and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So if uh, anyone who's interested in getting involved, please go to the um, Friends of the Earth Melbourne website, click on the gas icon, that's Friends of the Earth Melbourne forward slash gas, um, or Faux Melbourne forward slash gas, sorry. <laughs> we'll put the link in, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And... Um, and uh, sign up. We're going to be reaching out to all of our supporters after the election and inviting people to go to their local MP's office with a copy of the roadmap and asking their local MP to make a commitment. In the meantime, we're going to be raising it directly with the government, as I said, and um, seeing to what extent they're prepared to direct, to make commitments to these recommendations. Uh, we uh, I only just sent the roadmap off to the printer yesterday, so it's um it's we don't have a delivery date yet, but we're planning to launch in the next three to four weeks. So okay. we'll be inviting all of our supporters along to a um, soft, friendly internal launch before we have the larger public launch a couple of days later. Good. We'll make sure that we'll mention it on the show. I'd Thank imagine. Thank you. Yes. 
thank you so much. Yeah, but thank you for coming in, Freya. It was nice to actually have a face in the studio, not mm. over the phone. That's yeah. something new for us. Oh, well, for me. <laughs> I started programming sort of to the tail end of COVID, so yeah. this is probably about the third for me. <laughs> That's um, lovely to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, good. Pleasure to have you. So we have about two and a half minutes left. Mm. Um Maybe mention Bring the Noise and... Bring the Noise. Yeah, everyone ignore all the other collectives and just donate to SCAT because it's very Dirt Radio heavy. Absolutely. Jack and I are in the SCAT team for Bring the Noise. Freya is our opposition in the No More Guests. <laughs> no More Guests, No More Guests, No More Guests. We are going to be racing around town on the 5th of November doing actions to draw attention to all the corporate and uh, institutional climate criminals and having a bit of fun, you're going to see Swoopy, you're going to see Cranky. Swoopy and Cranky are going to work together. Cranky with some dirty feet. I went to the, the Koala oh, Festival. It was yeah. a bit muddy, so dirty-footed yeah. Cranky. Crank's gone feral. Yeah, and definitely. he is urging you all to donate to the SCAT team. Go to the Faux Melbourne website or our Facebook page and check out Bring the Noise. Also, get involved. You can sign up as an individual supporter and then join SCAT. Not No more guests. With no more say. guests. No more guests. <laughs> and let's raise some money for Faux and also do some uh, in real life actions on the street. This is all about getting back out and being in the community and showing our faces and our amazing furry costume friends. Absolutely. On that, I reckon we'll scat, finish scat, it up. Yes, yes, yes. Up next is. You're going to kick your butt. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> up next is Billabong Beats um, and Gavin Moore taking you through to 12 o'clock. We've been Dirt Radio. Speak to you next week. Ciao. 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. 